Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We're on the X, we're on the YouTube, we're on the Z. I got three of the letters at the end of the alphabet covered, so clearly we're doing okay. It's in the weeds, we're on Fightful Over Book. That's the most important part of it. Uh, Joel, I, Joel, Joel. Yes. Joel. Yes, yes. Why? Just why? Why? The, the why is YouTube. No, why? Just why, Joel? Why? I agree, why? <laughs> more AI, more like A-Y. This show is already something else. <laughs> Hi, Joel. Happy Monday. Hi, Jeremy Lambert. Happy Monday. Welcome to the weeds. We're on Fightful Overbooked as we are every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Talking about wrestling. It's a good weekend to talk about it, or it was a good weekend to now talk about the wrestling that was on. Plenty of it. Uh, while you're here, if you want, you can go ahead and uh, leave us a thumbs up on the video and tell your friends that In the Weeds is here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, okay? And while we're at it, uh, subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbooked, okay? We're going to hit those numbers. We're going to get those big triple-digit extra things. Six, six digits? Six digits. We want seven digits, but really, we set up for six. Six, six X. Six seven. Six X. Anyway. Uh, and of course, you can donate a super chat, any message, question, or statement read on the air. And it supports us here at Fightful Overbooked because we always love your support. Okay. Jeremy, a busy weekend. How was yours? Did you survive it? I mean, I'm here, so technically I survived it. All right, that's all we're that's all we're really doing in life, right, Joe Pearl? We're just we're just surviving, right? <laughs> Tell me about it. Last week was a very uh, busy week for me, a very testing week personally. My, uh, my kid was home from daycare more, more than one part of the day. Basically, it was like he had an appointment. He got shots. The shots made him sick. He didn't sleep well. He didn't sleep well. He got more sick. So we had a whole week of just like him at home with us while we're trying to work, while we're trying to do things that involve 
being in rooms that don't involve him running into them and having fun. So it was, it was a lot. And he was, of course, you know, going through it. And like, he feels better today. That's all that matters. Went back to school today. He's happy. Everyone's good. But uh, yeah, man, it was a testing weekend. I told you the solution to all this, Joel. You don't listen to me. I'm a great parent. I'm a fantastic parent. I never actually parented like a, a young child like you have. But I told you the solution. It worked on me. Just give give the kids vodka on the pacifier. It's good. Look how I turned out. Great. You know the kid only did like two, maybe not even like he spent a week of actually caring about a pacifier, and then he was done with it. We're lucky like that. Well, put some put some vodka on your nipples then, Joel, and have him go that route. Kid's gonna be pulling out hair for weeks. <laughs> you got hairy nipples, Joel. I got I got hair. I'm a hair. I'm I'm. I'm I am a dude with hair. I have hair. Yes. Imagine coming into the show and hearing about Joel Pearl's hairy nipples. <laughs> Listen, man, you know who would probably love that? The guy who showed up in the uh, the SmackDown review that I did with Alexis Cardoza on the main channel and was like, Joel Pearl, no thanks. And I wanted to be like, why, why are you Fair. <laughs> Fair. That was my burner account. <laughs> I was just like, you picked the right SmackDown to come and watch me talk about because like we had to stretch to get an hour out of that thing. It was it was eventful in terms of the matches, but like you can only talk about matches for so long. Main thing was the whole tribal combat segment at the end of the uh, at the end of the show, which like honestly, I really enjoyed. I don't know how you felt. You were covering like 20 other shows on Friday, yeah. but uh, <laughs> let's you know, you know we, could, we I mean, we can dive right in or we could just not bother talking about wrestling for the first like 25 minutes. We can we can not talk about wrestling for the last twenty five minutes of the show. Let's give the people what they want. Zoom out. Uh, <laughs> let's give the people what they they want. The wrestling talk, right? All right. So yes, there was a lot going on on Friday. There was there was SmackDown. There was Rampage. There was Ring of Honor. I'm sure there were other shows, but those were the big three uh, that that people were watching. They were all good shows too. I thought Rampage. I really like the the Royal Rampage. Big fan of the Double Ring Battle Royal kind of kind of concept there uh because world war three was the first ever show that i attended world war three 95 it was when randy savage won that's the infamous observe this brother and like eight-year-old me is watching this promo live and having no idea what's going on as hulk hogan is burning dirt sheets uh on stage we couldn't hear anything that well either so like that didn't help matters uh but yeah eight-year-old i was like Sure, it's Hogan. You know, as, as a kid, I was big, big fan of the the Hulkster. Uh, grew up and just had no idea what's going on. Big Sting fan, though. Uh, still, still am. And then Randy Savage won. So anyway, long story longer. Uh, that was the first ever show that I went to. So World War Three will always have a special place in my heart. So the fact that AEW does something similar with Royal Rampage uh, has a special place in my heart as well. Anyway, SmackDown. Sorry, I'm all over the place today. We're going to be all over the place. That's okay. Honestly, when you mentioned like Rampage was on, I was like, oh yeah, Rampage was on. Yeah, I'd cover that show. I'm covering, I was, I was doing three, three things at once, Joel. That's light work for me. That's a, that's a light night for myself. That's right. Well, you, weren't you also watching something else at the same time? Slam ball, baby. (laughs) Slam ball. That's what's up right there. I was like, I I thought it was Temptation Island, but I was like, no, it was, it was slam ball. Now, Temptation Island's on, on Wednesdays. I miss right. that live because it's on at 9 o'clock on Wednesday, and I got to watch AEW. Uh, so we watch, we watch The Temptation, the wife and I, we watch The Temptation Island uh, on, on Thursdays, typically. That's, a, that's just a 
the most petty. Can I curse yet? We are six and a half minutes in. Okay, so that's 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 good, right? I, I think I we're curse. I think we're in the mostly clear. Yes. Okay, dear dearest wife, please mute the TV if the children are watching. That that show, the most fuckery show in the entire world. They this new gimmick they have on Temptation Island, where like so they got the men's villa and the women's villa, right? And so. I'm not going to set up temptation Island for everybody, but the men are in their villa with all these women who try to tempt them. The women are in their villa with all these men who try to tempt them. They got the temptation light in the villa this season. So like if your significant other is basically cheating on you, this light will go off in your villa. And then it leads to the most petty nonsense in the world because there's four couples, right? So like you don't know who is actually cheating on the other Island, but you know, somebody is, and these are the most petty people. And they're like, that's my boyfriend. That's my girlfriend. And so they start cheating with people on their villa. This show off the rails, insane, absolutely off the rails, insane. It's the greatest show on television, though. The absolute great. Confirm. That's the greatest show. Yes. Yes. Say confirmed by the wife, the, the voice of the wife. Therapist. It. Should be therapist island. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. The wife says it all the time. Like, these people do not need to be on reality television. They need to be in therapy. What yes. are we doing here? <laughs> yes, there is a lot of that. No, but therapy's no fun. We don't get to watch their lives just get destroyed in therapy. That's private. Ugh, cares about that. I, I would I want to see the, the greatness get destroyed on television with these people screwing around I, I bleeped myself look at that uh these people screwing around no temptation island rules absolutely rules anyway tribal combat <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna talk about how i used to watch big brother but i would watch the live feeds on big brother oh so i would yeah. be i would be zoomed in so this is when like i was younger and single and like nothing going on and like i'd come home from work i'd be gigging or i'd be working at a bar and i'd be home at like two in the morning and my setup used to be when I had a roommate, I had like my two monitors, but then I had a TV up above. So I'd be running the TV with the uh, the live feed for Big Brother. And I'd just be like working away, do da 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 looking up and like listening to what's going on. And it was always just like the weirdest stuff. And at 2 a.m., they're all it's it's because they're on the, the West Coast, it's like 11 there. So they're just up and like, sometimes they're drinking and sometimes they're just going back and forth and just arguing. And sometimes the fight breaks out. Or they give up like who won the uh, the challenge for that week that's going to air later on because they don't air the challenge live on the live feeds. They want you to see it when they do the, uh, the the actual show. I used to be fully in on this, but I also was like, we need therapy for you people. <laughs> I I used to watch a lot of the the Big Brother. Same thing when I was single and just had more time on my hands. Now I haven't watched it in, in a little while, but yeah, Big Brother live feeds would get wild i remember when they they first came out with like the live feed stuff i don't care about the show let me see like this behind the scenes stuff where people are just you know really digging at each other you can edit it and that's no fun but yeah the behind scenes stuff is is what i want to see um big big brother was a was a good was a good show you are not allowed to talk about production (laughs) my favorite just over the loudspeaker all of a sudden like okay okay (laughs) the voice the, the voice of big brother gods out there telling them what they can talk about and what they can't. So and so, stop it. It was the most robotic AI voice. Anyway, uh, travel combat. Travel <laughs> combat, baby. 
uh, you know what you're not allowed to do in tribal combat, Joel? You're not allowed to Samoan spike your brother after you, uh, you know, join a code of honor uh, to confirm the tribal combat. You cannot then attack the man in uh, the, the tribal council, whatever they called that segment. Rules of engagement is what they called it. Um, All the marketing stuff just kind of swirls around in my head. Because I was saying when I set up the stream for last night's show, we were going to talk about it. I was like, the the thing was like going to court. And I was like, oh, travel court. And then I realized, no, it's the other C word. It's combat, you idiot. Yes. So I had to redo the entire thing. But uh, the segment itself was really good. I said on the post show that the the, uh, the way that they shook hands and stared at each other, it was very much a Star Trek uh, Klingon thing where they had this like respect that they were going to beat the living tar out of each other and out of the words the words were just like yeah we're, we're going to go at it for the tribal crown more than the championship that's the way they made it feel by the end of it you had Roman put down the Ulafala the the red uh, the red that he wears yeah. um it's, it's not called a lay that's why i use the, wow. the word for it but anyway he puts it down on the title as if you know he's more concerned about losing the the tribal chiefdom than he is about losing the world title which to me is fine jay at the top of the segment looking so like disgusted and sick to his stomach and like almost afraid to do this even though supposedly it was the elders who like invoked this tribal combat concept uh, there's some really good stuff here. There was a lot of really interesting little nuggets. And also, Jeremy, I love that we don't know what the match is yet. Yeah, we, we do. We Jay little, said it. He basically said no holes bar, but like we don't know what else they might add to it to get there. He said, if I want to throw you on the announce table, I will. If I want to take that woman's sandal off and beat you over the head with it, I might. If I want to take that chair and smash it across your face, I want to. That promo rules. Jey Uso <laughs> rules, dude. It gets so fired up in these promos. I absolutely love, love him. I've said this uh, before, long, long time ago, when they were uh, the Usos were like really finding themselves as as promos, and it happened in the New Day feud. They just speak like battle rappers, and they've they've kept that up. And as someone who who loves the the battle rap scene and everything, and like their cadence and their style, absolutely love how they do uh, their, their promos. And um, Corey Graves mentioned this on, on after the bell. So I don't want this to see, make it seem like it's an original thought that I had, but the, the other week when it was in Raleigh, actually uh, the show that I was at during the what chance and, and Jay Uso is like playing with the what chance, like he knows they're coming. So like, he's going to develop his cadence to like hit on the what chance. Like that's just really good stuff by by jay uso and like he's always had that kind of style and cadence though because usually jimmy is there to basically ad lib for him or vice versa uh so it works and he, he does a very good job with that and again it goes back to their days basically with during the new day feud when they kind of went away from a lot of the traditional uh Samoan stuff and started going more into the lockdown you know uso penitentiary type of stuff but the battle raps um the battle rap sort of just style and, and presentation they have really hits as far as the, the tribal combat, so from what I gather, it's kind of what I said. I just didn't realize there was an official name for it. It's like, it's a no DQ match, but like blood is not allowed to interfere. That's why Roman stopped solo from, from doing the spike. It's because like, no, 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 we're going to settle this. Like men, it's just him and I, you're not allowed to get involved into this. And that's what I said on the, the show on Friday. I said, it's probably just going to be like some fancy name for a no DQ match, but like, how do you ban 
Solo Sokoa and these people from ringside, because if it's an ODQ, then they they could technically get involved. But somehow, like I think I said word for word, I think that's what it is. No DQ, but like these people are banned from ringside. Apparently they have a fancy name for that in, in the Samoan dynasty and it's called tribal combat. I did not know that. I apologize to the elders for not knowing the history of the bloodline, but I was at least on track with everything. And then, you know, Jay super kicks him because look, Solo was going to attack him first. And Roman just backed off. He basically was like, look, man, you got what was coming to you. You tried to attack. That ain't the rules we play by. Here in the rules of engagement and in tribal combat agreement, you got kicked. That's on you. I don't know what you want me to do about that. That's your fault. Here's the discussion I want to have, Joel. You mentioned that uh, I'm going to call it the lay. I apologize again. It's not that. What's it called? Ulafala. Ulafala. Two All words. Right. Okay. That. Ulafala. I'll try to remember this. Memory's not good. This seems to be the important thing in this. Right? Like the segment a few weeks ago, the tribal court segment where he put that on Jay's neck and then low blowed him and took it. And then Solo takes it and holds it up. And then he was going to place it in Roman's hand, but he stared too longingly with the longing gaze and everything. This seems to be more important. Like Roman's throwing down the title. He didn't care about this thing. So the discussion reverts to were the titles necessary? for all of this still could he have lost to cody rhodes and could they have done this same story beat for beat but with the ulafala and the titles are just they're on cody rhodes so i'm gonna i'm gonna add to your point okay the he's held the titles he said it himself he put the title down he's like i've run this game for damn near a decade and then but you think about it like he's only had that tribal chief moniker since that night of champions gold rush match where his parent where where uh, alpha and sika come out and they present him with the ulafala he wears it after the match and he's only had that for a few years and that's important to him going back even further you talked about solo grabbing it and looking longingly at it they did that again earlier in the night when they're backstage. You have Roman, they're panning out. Roman's looking at it and he's just he's concentrated on it. And then he looks over and Solo is staring at it too. And then Roman looks up, like, what are you doing? And Solo just kind of looks away and it's very awkward. There, there is a very uh there's a lot of stress put on the Olafala being the reason for this issue. However, it's also WWE and 99% of people watching aren't thinking about that. They're not thinking about the tribal issue. They're thinking about the title issue. So unfortunately, for better or worse, the title has to be involved because the title is the one thing that people fully, truly, and readily understand as part of the issue in a wrestling ring. Being tribal chief means nothing outside of the ring or sorry, it means it means nothing inside of the ring. It means everything outside of the ring. So it's not important enough to fan, to casual fan A that that's on the line. The title being on the line means you're the best of the best in WWE, or at least on SmackDown. And that is and that's the emphasis. That's why the title needs to be there. But I see your point, and I agree with what you're saying. Did it does it need to be there for this story? In some ways, yes, and in some ways, no. Would Cody be doing something completely different? Yeah, absolutely. I'd argue it wouldn't be as engaging as what's going on right now, though, because Cody 
Cody's on that coming around part, right? We're still we're still getting through the Brock Lesnar story. This also could have been, a, you know, to my own point, this whole WWE Championship, this Universal Title match, could have been the Brock Lesnar Cody whatever they're going to do number three match. Uh, either way, it's it, that's kind of my my viewpoint is it's um, both things are important, but they're important for different reasons in the Bloodline story. Do you think that the title? was kind of kept on him. I, I like your point of the title has to be there. So kind of casuals realize the importance, but they did do a good job. They have done a good job of building up the Ulafal. And someone, someone says it like you could have built that up over the last year. Like they have more subtly. It hasn't been a, a very like hit you in the face with it. Again, WWE loves their branding, right? People see the big gold WWE titles. Like that's important. The little red Ulfala is like, okay, what, like, what is it's like a friggin' Undertaker's urn. It's like, yeah, it's important, but like, this ain't the main thing. And this is going to go to my point. Could you headline these shows with, hey, this Ulfala is now being placed above the, the WWE championship? Because let's be honest, Cody and Brock, fine story and everything, these ain't the main event matches. The, these are just not you couldn't do money in the bank if cody is your world champion and dominic mysterio is your transition type of challenger person you ain't headlining that show with cody and dominic just because the world title's online the bloodline civil war way more important and it seems more important because the champion is on there so i'll say this i think it's better that roman is still the champion could you have done all of this without the title yes but it made the Ula follow the like the center point. Yes, but this is the biggest story of there. So having the title has the importance because if Cody is the champion, you kind of risk CM Punking him. Where Cody's the champion, but the bigger story is John Cena. In this case, Roman Reigns. Because remember when CM Punk was the champion, he wasn't headlining nothing. I was there at that uh, whatever show. It, it was a over the limit, whatever it was. I, I forget the name of it. This is the it, uh, Punk and Brian match for the world title. Main event of that show was freaking John Cena and John Laurinaitis in this terrible cage match. Maybe it was Big Show or whatever. I was like, what What are we doing here that this is the main event over the world? And John Cena's story was nowhere near important as this Roman Reigns story that's going on. But that's the risk you run of like, yeah, he's the world champion. This is cool and everything. But like this bloodline story is actually the most important thing. Uh, in the in the world right now so that's the risk you run if they had put the title on cody on that so it was that was over the limit 2012 yeah and that was a 24 ish minute 25 minute match between brian and Punk, and it was great there it wasn't the main event there were two matches ahead of it <laughs> there was there was the john cena john laurinaitis no dq match Oh, okay, oh, that was a cage match. Sorry. For some reason, that went 15 minutes. Uh, but then there was a squash between Ryback and Camacho. Yeah, <laughs> okay, also- that's a cool down match. I'm yeah. not counting that. <laughs> but I'm just, I, I, it's kind of to prove, prove your point. Sometimes uh, sometimes the story is bigger than the title. And, and again, go back to what happened in uh, Puerto Rico, right? You had Brock and Cody finish the show and not a title match of some sorts. And it works sometimes. Easy peasy. No, Bad Bunny should have headlined that show. Are we kidding? I, yeah, to a certain degree, I agree. But the same, same thing though. It's not a title match. It was. It was more important that you had the story, which here, yeah, could have been the Bad Bunny match. <laughs> I mean, Roman wasn't even like on 
that show. And I think that's when was the peak of why is Roman still the champion? He's not wrestling every show. Cody and Brock is that how much better would this match be if Cody had the championship? You can make an argument for Cody winning. You can make an argument. And I made the argument at the time that Sammy should have won. You can make these arguments. I can see with the way this is now played out, why they kept the title on Roman, because it is very possible that had they done all this, but they, they put the title on Cody, that the Roman story would still overshadow the Cody stuff. And then you get the backlash of Cody's the champion. Why isn't he in a better position? Why isn't he uh main eventing? Why isn't the story and the focus on him type of thing? Yeah. People might complain that why is Brock now in the title picture again, the title in the Roman feud sometimes comes off a little secondary because they are longingly gazing at the Ulfala and everything. But the fact that he still has the title and the fact that a win over him still means something because he still has that title is very important. And the, all these matches are headlining and rightfully should be headlining. It makes it feel e- an even bigger deal. And there's a chance that if Cody was the champion, he would be a tier below. And at least now when he's not the champion, it's like, okay, well, Cody's not the champion. It's a big feud, but it's understandable that he's not main eventing these shows. He's not the champion. I think they, well, I was mad. I thought Cody should have won. I thought it was the right time to put side on Cody. I thought Sammy should have won. I thought it was the right time for that. They've done a, a good job of still making those things feel important and still keeping Roman super strong and also making the, the world title, the biggest thing in the company, even if they are trying to put more on the Ulu fall. Now I have another suggestion, Joel Pearl. Let's hear it. This one. I don't know if it's going to upset people, but I don't even think it's the right move. I'm just kind of throwing out there. Devil's advocate type of thing. What if, and I don't know how you do this. Maybe you can do this at SummerSlam. What if Jay wins? But this ain't the title. I assume they'd already agreed to the title. Like the title's on the line, right? They've already they've already done that. But what if Roman loses the Ulfala but doesn't lose the titles? Like what? It maybe it's the solo. Maybe it is to Jay in a separate match again. Like the the uh, the the undisputed title is on the line in this. Um, but he loses that because that I assume can only be lost by blood, like. Cody Rhodes can't win. <laughs> I don't think anyway. Maybe. Maybe he well, can. Maybe Sammy like, can. Sammy's an honorary oos. Maybe sure. he can win that thing. Cody Rhodes is going to show up and be like, I, I, I took a 23 and me test and I <laughs> am 8% Samoan. <laughs> Your what boy, if my, my, tribal chief. <laughs> my point on this is like, what if he loses that? But then it becomes a thing of like, family beat me. I might not have that. Not have that. Maybe I'm not the head of the family table anymore. I still run this company with the and these belts prove that I run this company. Can you get away with that? Like, or does Roman does Roman star not star? Like he's still gonna be the, the biggest star in the company. Does his mystique get killed a little bit because he loses the Ulavala and now he's still the champion, but now he's gotta defend these titles? Or can they play that and like there's a chip there now it's like we've seen you get beat not only in a tag match not only in a singles match we know you're beatable now and to roman it's like i'm beatable but like look it's the people i built up who beat me you guys you guys ain't beating me i don't think you can take away 
the tribal chief moniker character whatever from roman if they put only the tribal chiefdom the viola falla if they only put that on the line then yeah you can make the case that he can lose it uh, jay came out in a t-shirt that said the real chief which like that popped me i thought it was a great little piece of merch and then i think roman came out and it was the only one so like again even the merch game is starting to get a little bit better in the storyline no no more uh roman furries for the 1000 <laughs> celebration i i like what they're doing with some of these shirt designs and it plays into the story really well the 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 whole reason for both things being on the line the olafala and the title is because they they they're both connected the power is in both of those titles in the ring one out of the ring the other you cannot separate the two and have it make sense in this story you got to put them both up or nothing and in this case they're both on the line feel like roman wins but i also feel like solo is going to get himself involved because again solo wants he wants the control solo wants to be the tribal chief it's very like it's becoming clearer and clearer the more i think he's also he's upset that jay is challenging for it because solo's like i'm the one keeping everyone together i'm the one protecting the travel chief i'm the one who's supposed to be here not you little brother's gonna rise up not you jay i think that's how it's gonna end i think Solo's gonna get involved and then we'll start having again i keep saying this we'll have the solo story start to play out going in through the end of the year i don't know if it's gonna be a match against roman right away but i think we're gonna get there eventually but you have to put the title and the Ulafala together. You cannot separate them in the story. It just doesn't, it doesn't work overall. I agree with you, by the way. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there for yeah. discourse purposes. Yeah. I do agree with you. Like, I don't think I'm not having Roman lose one, but, but not the other. And if I'm having him lose anything, I'm having him lose the title first because the title is the important thing like i under we just had the big discussion about the ulafal and stuff but like the reason this feels still bigger is because that title and that reign that he's had with it um the title the title is what they're upping right no one's like 1000 days with the ulafala they making t-shirts for that type of thing they should probably get good money out of it uh but that that's not what they're they're fully building on here that's not the brand to build on with all of this, I do think once he loses the title, then he would have the the tag team lost to Jay. He would have, let's say for hypothetical sake, Cody Rhodes. He would have the title loss to Cody. That's when you can start doing, okay, he still has the Ulafala. He still is acting like he runs the family aspect of it. But you can now, there's the, again, the chips are there of like somebody in the family can step up and now take that from him or maybe when cody wins the title eventually he just plants the american flag onto the ulafala and he's like this is now my kingdom and there's more than one uh, royal jeremy bloodline. no, no you, you're you're not thinking you're not thinking about the appropriation of this whole of this ulafala it's already red so he's just gonna get some white paint and he's gonna paint some of it white and then he's gonna get some blue paint and he's gonna paint some of it blue and then he's gonna get his his medallion the neck tattoo he's gonna make a medallion out of it and he's gonna hang it from the centerpiece and then he's gonna be like i am the american tribal chief and that is how cody rhodes wins i'm for that i'm for the make him say ah cody that's one of my favorite 
that's the t-shirt that I wanted. I tried to buy a knockoff of one of those things. I love that. That was like chaos Cody Rhodes, which absolutely like really all of AEW was complete chaos Cody Rhodes, which is fantastic. There's been a lot of Cody Rhodes uh, media and interviews over the past week because he did the uh, big premiere for his documentary. So he, he talked to a bunch of people. Chaos. I went back and I rewatched because uh, he talks about it in an interview with uh, Sam Roberts. His final AEW promo where he's like shooting on CM Punk and he's like, you said you were going to go to New Japan. You said you were going to work with the Young Bucks. You said you are going to do all this. I did it, you friggin' coward. You didn't do any of this stuff. I led the revolution when it came to all of this. Cody Rhodes ruled in AEW. And I am full on board of Cody Rhodes spray painting this thing and then making a chain out of it and going all Flavor Flav. And then with the world title as well, all three of them. He's got all three dangling from his neck. He's got the Uva Falla dangling. Just full. Oh, I'm all this. Co- I want the chaos of Cody Rhodes back, baby. He's going to do the Triple H, uh, the meme where he's got all the titles hanging from him and the the two Money in the Bank briefcases too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going he's gonna to do that since he, he and Triple H are supposedly besties anyway. So it's all good. <laughs> Triple H is going to watch these BTE skits finally. And he's going to be like, you... You said a lot about me. This throne smashing is one thing, but that the money shakes, the the Ford rolls, and everything making fun of that. I don't know about this one, buddy. I think he's gonna laugh, and then he's he gonna bury will. him for six months. Yeah, he probably will. <laughs> uh, Royal Rumble, you're gonna be number seven. Why seven? Because no one gives a damn. Because <laughs> it ain't one or thirty. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know what else happened on SmackDown that had a lot of people perplexed? No, LA Knight lost his oh, uh, god his bid for the U.S. Championship Invitational. Uh, yeah. Well, this company, I don't get them. Like, it seemed to make perfect sense. You got this hot baby face. You got this floundering champion who lost, by the way, in a non-title match. Like, good job. They really care about what they're doing with Austin Theory. And it just seems like the perfect opportunity to put the the belt on LA Knight. But I think they screwed up the week before because they had Santos Escobar win that match. And Santos Escobar is technically a babyface. So you're going to do a babyface, babyface match between LA Knight and Santos Escobar? I mean, they're doing that with Ray, but at least there's a little tie-in of the, the LWO stuff so you can make it about like respect and everything. A heel should have won that four way the other week. I don't fully. Uh, Waller should have should have won that. That would have helped out Waller. Waller should have won that. L.A. Knight should have won this past week. L.A. Knight beats Waller. L.A. Knight goes on to SummerSlam and beats Austin Theory. That it seems very simple to me, but for some reason, and I got nothing against Escobar. I actually love Santos Escobar. I think he's fantastic. Ray is is obviously Ray, terrible father, but otherwise seems to be a very good person. Um, but he's LA Knight's like right in front of you. This man gets the biggest reactions every week, no matter what. His in-ring work is like fine. He's not, he's not the greatest in-ring performer. His microphone work, I, Jensen was like very excited that I was like, he doesn't, his mic work is, oh, my wife is yelling at me for calling Ray. He's a deadbeat who did not support his son who fell in love. He chose Edge over his son. Edge of all people. Couldn't even show Christian. 
could have at least called Christian and been like, you know what? Christian makes he chose Edge over his son. Didn't sent his son to jail. What kind of father does that for just showing up for the holidays? He showed up for the holidays. It was not. He, he was showing up for the holidays, invited by Grampy. Grampy invited him. And then Ray and uh, Angie were like, no, get go to jail. Sent him to jail. Didn't bail him out or anything. Beat him with a stick on live television. Get his friends all against him. Doesn't support his friends. Doesn't support him. Threat. He beat his ass. Let's not forget the, the tweet in 2013 where he's like, I'm going to beat my son's ass. People don't remember. I mean, they do remember this. But like, that's not held against Ray enough. Put him on television in the custody battle. Didn't protect him in this custody battle with his friend, by the way. Couldn't, you know, no, we're not going to. No, he's like, yeah, get out here, Dominic. Couldn't just keep him off television. Deadbeat. Unsupportive father. I'm on Team Dominic. Dirty Dom. NXT North American champion. Wrestling on SmackDown. Wrestling on Raw. The face of WWE. The face. She's looking for something to throw at me. The face that runs the entire company. Dirty Demo Dom. I just got hit with socks. I was going to say she should find that lady in the front row and take her left stand. I love you too. I just got hit with socks. That's fine. How, there you go. Uh, you deserve a chance. Justified, you deserve it. <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's not right. Oh, that was fantastic. Um, wow. You, you, I mean, listen, here's, here's the thing. Don't tell the anonymous ITW executive producer about this, but I agree with you. So, <laughs> She's listening. She always listens. That's the problem. You have to tell her to mute the TV now, uh, or at least ask her to. So I uh, <laughs> can't tell you she's going to do it. The, the LA night thing. Okay. I have a I have a theory <laughs> that the winner. So first of all, I, they didn't say this on SmackDown, so I'm pretty sure this is where it's going. Uh, the The match for the U.S. Championship is not going to be at SummerSlam. They did not say the winner challenges theory for the U.S. title at SummerSlam. They just said at a later date, probably the night before SummerSlam, because that's what they like to do is load up the SummerSlam card going uh, sorry, the SmackDown card going into a major event because it's the night before get a bigger house, you know, fill it out, whatever it is. That's fine. And you can do, I think it's going to be Rey Mysterio versus Austin Theory for the U.S. Championship. Big match. You can main event SmackDown with that. Austin Theory wins, and then he comes out the next night in Ford Field being like, I'm the best U.S. champion of all time. I rule. I'm the best. Out comes L.A. Knight. 
They get he goads him into a match because this is what LA Knight does, right? Talk and talk and talk and talk, talk. He pisses him off, and then Austin Theory says, "Fine, you want a match? We'll have a match." Referee in the ring, quick match, one, two, three, big pop. LA Knight wins the U.S. Championship. We just made everybody believe again. Easy peasy. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I got no faith that they're doing any of this. None. None, because they could have done something easy with L.A. Knight in L.A. for WrestleMania when people wanted him to do stuff. Even if it's just coming out, cutting a promo, whatever it might be. And he was just not on the show at all. The, the way they've treated him up to this point, no faith that they are actually going to give him this SummerSlam moment, give him this title win, do anything with it. They have given me... They've given me no confidence. It's not even, you know, all people are like, oh, well, it's the new regime. It's the Triple H regime and stuff. I ain't as high on the Triple H regime as a lot of people are. Like, he fixed some mistakes, but, like, overall, there it hasn't been, like, this everything's been sunshine and roses with Triple H. So I I got no faith until I see it. I, I just don't. And maybe maybe they will. Maybe they'll capitalize. Maybe they will, but... Until I see it, I'm banking on decades of history over, hey, Triple H is going to do the right thing because track record is is hit and miss. Hit and miss. And it is hit and miss. And I agree with that. My feeling, I'm, I, I've never... I've never been like, oh my God, Triple H and his team are in charge. Everything's going to be better. Things things got marginally better in certain ways. There were certain things that worked out and I've, I've enjoyed. Uh, but we're also in the middle of trying to complete uh, a merger. So there's also that part. And that, that makes everything a little bit more messed up. Uh, with all that in mind, the, the LA Knight thing, yeah, it's, it's very strange. And you had Wade Keller... Uh, saying, you know, there, there's heat on LA Knight. He's a bit cocky, and that might be impeding his push. And I was kind of like, yeah, that, that that's happened before in wrestling. That's not the first time. I don't think that that's what's stopping it, though. I think it's really that they're just they're getting y'all riled up, but they're not they're, they're getting the weekly they're getting us riled up. Okay, and when I say us, I mean the people in, in the chats, on on all the shows, the people on those cameras, on all the shows, the people who are reacting in real time right after they go off the air, they're, they're getting us to react a certain way. Then that's fine. I think we're going to look back on this and be like, oh, okay, just like the Roman stuff with the, with the world title. Uh, I think in certain ways we're going to look back on it and be like, okay, I see what you did, but I do think the pop is is slated for Ford Field. I think that, the, that they're trying to get something big Get a moment, and if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I'm willing to accept that Rey Mysterio versus uh, Austin Theory is the match to happen in Detroit the night before SummerSlam as a big like drawing match. You want to talk about why I don't have a lot of faith when it when it comes to this stuff? Is look at Austin Theory. And I'm not saying this is completely Triple H's fault. I don't think Austin Theory was the guy for this position anyway. I said that before WrestleMania, before he beat John Cena, he looked a little out of his depth in this promo. Uh, He looked out of his depth, not even in the promo where John Cena just nuked him. Like he was, he got nuked. He didn't do anything on that one. Um, He looked out of his depth just in a backstage segment. I said this on Spotlight, like, there was a backstage segment that he did, I believe with Kathy Kelly, where he was like kind of talking and I'm just like, 
dude, he's going to have to go toe-to-toe with John Cena. He's going to get just cut on this. And he was. Because he just looked he looked a little scared just in that promo alone. Just a backstage with Kathy Kelly. But the Austin Theory stuff, he beat Cena at WrestleMania in a match that wasn't completely his fault. John Cena showed up and made his wish, and then that happened. But then just nothing, no capitalization off of that at all. They haven't done anything with this U.S. title since WrestleMania, basically. And they didn't do anything to capitalize off of Austin Theory beating John Cena. It's it's like a footnote in history that... Austin Theory in the first match of WrestleMania 39 beat John Cena. It's a nothing. It's a, it's a, that should not be a throwaway thing. And they've somehow turned this into a throwaway thing. And that just doesn't give me a lot of faith when it comes to other aspects of this company because that is something that should be made a bigger deal out of. And it's not. And I don't fully, fully, fully put this on Triple H because I don't think Austin Theory is the guy. But... I also think that they didn't do a whole lot to to capitalize on what they had with that victory. So it's a, a little bit of both there, and they should have positioned theory a little bit better coming out of WrestleMania. There's a I talked about this with Cresta last night because she filled in for Kate on uh, on the on the podcast. There is a general consensus that theory is going to be fine. He's he's still young, very he's 24. Like he's still young. And and listen, you can only use this argument for so long because eventually he's not gonna be very young. But the idea here is like he can always talk himself back into the room, into I don't a story. Think he can. I, I think, I, think he can. I think in certain ways he can, but I also think that he continues to be relied upon for certain things, especially like outside of the ring when it comes to media, when it comes to just being out in you know in the WWE world. Uh, and being that that mainstream you know connection to WWE, there's a, there are a lot of things that he does right, but you're right, there are a lot of things that he's lacking, or at least waiting to you know figure out for himself when it comes to his wrestling or his stories, whatever it is. There's something there that needs to click, and we're not and we're not there yet. And I agree with you there. They could have struck while the iron was hot with John Cena. Unfortunately, I don't think they knew how or what to do with that, and it boggles my mind that they let Cena go out and basic, well, it doesn't boggle my mind because it's John Cena. They, they, that they didn't really do anything to fix what John Cena did because I think more and more people need to figure out that John Cena goes out there and puts himself over first and then figures out John Cena rules. Hey, look who's back. It's been like a week. I was wondering where you went. Yeah. I went to Atlanta. Yeah, that's right. To do an interview with Cody Rhodes. It drops at noon today. Jeremy, to answer your question, we are on X. We are on the double XL freshman 25 list. Nice. We're on triple X, the movie, because we live for this shit. Ben we're on Diesel. X videos somewhere. We're That's all over. Uh, I don't we, think we want to be on X videos. That's, That's We're on good. a feature on that exhibit song X, because we uh, rearranged the whole game with our rugged sounds. DMX. DMX, RIP the legend, DMX. X is going to give it to you. Yeah, yeah. X is going to give you something if you stay on that app too long. <laughs> How are you doing, Sean? It, it feels like forever since we've talked. It does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> we are not on <laughs> Zero News. 
<laughs> no, no, that well, was Geo News. Let's be real. Geo News. Let's be real. We are, because that person usually just stole our shit. Yeah. Um, so I'm good. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing well. It's a it's a beautiful Monday. That's a lie. It's Ohio. It's never really beautiful yeah, here, but true. it's a Monday. I see you uh for some reason just don't work anymore and you just go to Reds games just on a whim. Mm-hmm. That that must be nice. It was nice. Did you see that Ellie did a cruise home run? I did. I did watch that. I watched uh many angles of that. That dude just the absolute yeah. best. I mean, we haven't we haven't talked too much about it, but stealing home in that one game after he stole third, like he just just and an second. absolute star. Yeah, just an yeah, absolute great. star. Love him. I like. I haven't been to a game that the Reds have won in a long time. Like it's been a while. I went with uh, Cher and Nikita Krylov, fan of my wife, last year. Um, but the Cardinals just obliterated the Reds last year, and I hadn't been to a game since before the pandemic. I don't think. And. Well, ironically enough, one of my biggest Reds memories is watching Scott Rowland strike out to uh, end the playoffs. But he got inducted into the Hall of Fame yesterday uh, or this weekend. Ellie De La Cruz hit a monster home run. Like you, you'll rarely see a guy that's hit like five home runs in a year act like that. But he knew immediately. Everybody did. It was a very cool experience. Luke Weaver, the worst starting pitcher I have ever seen in person. <laughs> somehow has two losses this year uh, on 16 games. And I, I just, I'm just shocked. I'm just shocked. If we get pitching at the deadline, I say we like I'm part of the team. Yeah. We get pitching at the deadline. We're, we're going to win it all. We just need one yep. like halfway decent starter pitching. That's it. Yeah. Um, the, the Reds have a few starters that I'm like, okay, Decent. We don't know how Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo will come back and do, but Andrew Abbott's an ace. They they need to just do whatever they can to, to keep him for 25 years. And I say 25 years because even past his prime, he's going to be a guy that's better than whatever it is. They'll probably still be trotting Luke Weaver out there in, in 2050 at this rate, but they are set up for the next like five or six years on fairly – cheap deals until the owner just decides to still trade everybody because yeah. yep yeah. but That's i mean even then there uh somebody says why are the red shopping jonathan india because he ain't good i'll give you the, the low down there he's not very good he's wow. okay he's wow. decent also they have a very crowded infield and uh he's three years into his deal so if you can get pitching for jonathan india and uh, open up that infield a little bit. That'd, that'd be good. The great thing is, all their infielders know how to play like three positions. <laughs> so on any given day, they can just be like, "Yeah, here you go." I love it. Sean, do you have any Cody scoops for us from this interview that drops at uh, noon on YouTube.com/slash? I posted them all on Select, but he does still talk to the Young Bucks. They did get AEW and BTE approval to um, to. Uh, run that footage on there. I'm actually going to have quite a few scoops ahead of the documentary that I can't really release yet. But uh, one of the things that was funny, I think we kind of know the documentary ends on him not winning the title. And we were on the stairs of the premiere and he's like, Sean Ross Sapp, what did you think of the, of the documentary? And I said, it probably should have (laughs) won. Probably should have won the match. I think that's what I would have done. 
And I was like, also, uh, not enough rubber chicken in that. <laughs> but if he wins, though, then the documentary has a happy ending and it's all good. Now you get to do a second documentary. This, this is just what he looking says. for more documentary money. Yes, He said if they don't do one, he's going to do one. There but go. um, yeah, he, it, it, it's, it's very be- good. It's It's very stardust heavy, too. Very, I mean, very that's the stardust. biggest role of his career. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm, I'm leaving. Goodbye. Bye, Sean. So long. There we go. The return of Sean Ross Sapp. It's, I don't think he was on at all last week. He just no, he's on the Monday. He was on the Monday to talk about going to Atlanta. Get people talking. Oh, I don't remember. I had to Monday, was a, Monday was a long time ago. I had this conversation with the wife yesterday, which was Sunday for those keeping track. Uh, last Monday was when I was flying back to Ohio from North Carolina and my entire just like the flight got canceled was late. Uh, I thought I was going to have to sleep in an airport on Monday night. I fortunately got on a standby flight and got home, but like we were having this conversation. I was like, baby, that was Monday that all this happened. She's like, no, that was like three weeks ago. It's like, no, that was six days ago. So yeah, I don't remember last Monday. Tell you, man, that was, that was my week last week. Bring the kid to daycare on Monday. He had his shots and then, he was feeling like garbage by Tuesday, brought him to school Tuesday, sent him home on Tuesday. Wednesday, we kept him. Oh, no. Wednesday, we tried to bring him back. They sent him home again. And then we kept him home Thursday, Friday. And then it was Saturday, Sunday. So, yeah, it's been a week. It's been a week. It's been a week. Where were we? Where were we talking about? Oh, L.A. Knight and, and Austin Theory. I think you were about to say things about Austin Theory. And you were trying to disparage the great name of John Cena, who says he's just out there to put himself over, which is not true at all. Did you not see that Money in the Bank promo? He was out there putting over the London crowd and burying yes. the, the politics backstage. Yes, he, yes, that's exactly what was going on. No, there was no weird putting WWE against the ropes or making people feel awkward with the words that he was speaking. None of that. Kind of like the Austin Theory promo as well. Uh, it, it, they just they should have figured out what they were what john backed him up against the wall about they should have been able to write away from that or or write the ship in this case so now we've got austin theory the u.s champion who's not really doing much he he won a few matches and i think people got really confused about the the match against um what's his face ridge holland you know where he he won with the drop kick and then the next week Rage lost again because of his throat attack, and this all goes back to the the, the Samoan spike. Uh, so people again, Austin Theory was like a a casualty of another story being told, uh, and and yeah, he's just he's trying to put it together, and you see him putting it together in certain ways, but it's just not one hundred percent there yet. Rich Holland needs some chloroseptic for that throat. First off, second, all right. When it comes to Austin Theory. And John Cena cutting him down and trying to put stuff together and stuff. John Cena said, like, he told Theory what he's going to say. He, he told him everything he was going to say in that promo. If your theory, this is where you just, you got to be prepared on this stuff. You know what's about to happen here. You've seen John Cena do this to countless other people. People who are better than you on the mic. You've seen it happen. You just got to be better prepared than this stuff. Grayson Waller, I mean, I know he got laid out at the end of the segment. He held his own much better than Theory did at Money in the Bank. 
Waller played off the crowd very well. When Cena cut him down, he didn't just stand there all mean fake. No, Waller's doing Waller's doing it better than than Theory. He and that's so against each other, it's a problem for, for this. This is my point though. Theory young, he's got time, blah, 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 blah. Waller to me has already surpassed him. I mean, Dominic in, in ring, not as good as, as Theory. And I'm not very high on, on Theory's work, but like he's at least hit with something, uh, struck a chord with the crowd of, hey, we don't like this man. And then there's even a guy like LA Knight, who I know is not young by any means, but he is surpassed just where they want to be with Theory. And now you almost got to capitalize on this uh, on this reaction that LA Knight is getting. And for some reason right now, they're not. At least not yet. Hopefully they do. Do you know how old Grayson Waller is? I don't. I assume he's pretty young. He's 33. Uh, well, he's still surpassed Austin Theory. He's, he's he's new to wrestling, but he has yeah. a background in entertainment back in he Australia. Because he did Survivor and he's done some other stuff. So like he, he had that. But in terms of like faces in wrestling, yeah, he's Grayson Waller is younger than Austin Theory uh, with experience and so on and so forth in WWE. That all said... Yeah, you put those two in the ring together, game over. You, you try to have a, a Theory and Waller promo off, game over. You try to put them in a, in a tag team, well, we're probably going to see the end of Grayson Waller right there because it's just going to be a charisma vacuum for Austin Theory. I, I hope that there's something that brings Theory back because he's a good wrestler. He is good in the ring. He is a solid worker and he knows what he's doing. Now he's just got to figure out what that means in the long run for him in the title run. I think they need Austin Theory to kind of be a hit too. And I say this because their depth chart is very old. The The top of their card is old. I mean, they don't have a ton of like young talent at the top. And even like their come up guys. Now on the come up, they, they, they're they a little bit younger. Carmelo, people are very high on him with good reason. Braun Breaker, people are high on him. They're, they're a little young there. But they ain't shown in the past few years that they're elevating any of these guys. At some point, you got to start elevating these guys. Theory's been in a position, a main roster position, for a little while now. And they need him to sort of hit to like really transition from what they have now to what they're going to have in the future. Because if it's not him who can do it, then you're waiting another year or two for someone like Carmelo or Braun Breaker to do it. Because we don't know when they're coming up. We don't know when that transition is going to happen. People people thought it was going to be within like last year. It's like, oh, they're main roster ready. They're main roster ready. And they're not there. They're still down in NXT. Maybe at some point they do come up. But you can only afford to like reset the years on these guys so many times to where people just stop caring about these guys and when you and when they are on a constant tv presence like austin theory has it makes it more difficult to bring that back because i think braun breaker and carmelo hayes even though it's nxt like it's nxt you can bring them to raw and smackdown they'll feel a little fresh again but with theory being in the this main roster position this entire time it doesn't the freshness wears off and i think that's the risk they're running with him by not fully just giving him something that can be committed to. And hopefully they do at some point, because if they just kind of keep like middling him here and it, within a year or two, people are just be like, all right, I get he's 26, but like, look at the last 
four years of his career, maybe he figures it out. And, you know, it's, it's very, very possible. He just all figures it out. Something clicks. It, it all happens for him. But you can only wait on that for so long. Like Roman Reigns is a rare case when it comes to that stuff. Most of the other guys that that happens to, they go elsewhere for a little bit. And maybe that's what happens with theory. But most of the other guys that happens to where it just doesn't click, doesn't click, doesn't click, they end up going elsewhere and then come back and then it starts clicking for them. Everybody else, they put in a good position, they're in a top position, it clicks or it it clicks in a certain way and then it gets elevated even more because they find themselves. Theory ain't even clicking on like a Roman Reigns level where it was just clear people, people wanted Roman Reigns to be that guy, by the way. They did. Then they just got forced into accepting Roman Reigns as that guy. Go back and watch the SummerSlam match against Randy Orton. People are like, oh, we Roman's that dude. And then they'd shove, 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 and then they never fully went full bore with it. And then what happened, happened. He had to really turn things around. You just, they're running a risk with Theory right now. And I think they need to, they need to click something with him. I think the best thing that's going to happen to Theory is dropping that U.S. championship. Not because it's going to put him in the background, but because he's no longer going to have to be championship heel. We can find another use for theory. We can find antagonistic, I hate the old hats theory. Because like you said, the depth chart has a lot of older wrestlers at the top of it. Why not let the young guy actually be the young guy, Randy Orton style, and, and run through some of them? I'm not saying saddle him with the legend killer gimmick, but I'm saying at least start having him work with and potentially learn from some of these uh some of these older wrestlers who have been around and have that experience and have that success. I, they, they tried that with, with John Cena. And again, John Cena just, I don't want to use John Cena in this case. I'd rather use like Rey Mysterio, for example. I just, somebody, they gave him the edge match. He had the match against edge. And again, Waller outshone him there. Like Waller was the better on the mic on that one. The match was better. Like, they, I feel like they've tried. He's worked with Ray a little bit. Has he not? Yeah, like he had the yeah, match against yeah. Ray. Yeah, he's he's had some of this stuff. He's worked with Lashley. He's worked with Seth. He's worked yeah, with these guys. Maybe, just, maybe, maybe he just needs to go back to Evolve. <laughs> oh, shit. That's right. Maybe he has to go to the UK for a bit and run some. Oh, damn it. <laughs> what theory? Here's how you test if Austin Theory is worth it. Give him the NXT test. This is my new test. Dirty Dom, my guy, Demo Dom, boosted everything when he was on NXT. Put Theory on NXT. If he can't pop a rating on NXT, yank him. Get him out of here. You know what they could have and should have done? When Austin Theory had that Money in the Bank briefcase, and he showed up at the end of an episode of NXT with that briefcase, and everyone was talking And everyone was saying, oh, my God, that would be perfect. Give him the briefcase. Go after the NXT title. Cash in on the NXT champion. At the time, it was Braun Breaker. And he takes the title. And guess what? He goes back to NXT. He gets some new eyes. He gets a fresh look. And he gets a different character. And it's perfect for him. And guess what they did? Not that. So there, I agree with you. Send him down there. Try it. But they had that opportunity. And they just refused to pull that trigger. They had what everyone thought was the saving grace for theories, like losing the briefcase, because then he had a heel edge to him of like, oh, now I don't have the briefcase anymore. I'm pissed off that I lost. When you looked like a fool for cashing in on the United States championship. And then they rebuilt him a little bit with the the Lashley and Seth stuff, and he won the title and everything. But then he just hasn't done anything since then 
They gave him a John Cena program. They wasted a John Cena match on this man. Well, come on. Cena wasn't exactly ready for that match either. So. He wasn't, but I mean, John Cena didn't even main event tan for that thing. Bless <laughs> Cena. Cena down. went out there pale as my wife uh, 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 for a WrestleMania main event. And was like, yeah, this is what I'm doing, baby. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't even get the Barbie tan under his nah, nose. Nah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, Dirty Dom. Let's let's touch on that real quick. Dom won a North American championship match against uh, Butch. They very heavily insinuated the Pete Dunn stuff, which I loved. Uh, the promo leading up to it, you had HBK show up and just be like, yeah, sure, let's do this match. And you had Pete Dunn do the uh, Butch, do the Pete Dunn shrug, which was good. I love that there were little callbacks. Match itself was as expected. Uh, <laughs> the pretty deadly cameo made me laugh because they're calling the wheelchair uh, Prince William, and I just love stupid <laughs> puns like that. Uh, but yeah, match was fine. And again, this is what I was talking about. You're using Dom, as, you're using the title as a heat magnet. Dom is the heat magnet, and everyone's winning the match for Dom. Dom's not doing it himself. Everyone else is going to help him until eventually everyone's going to get kicked out of ringside, and that's when he loses that title. However, this is one thing I had to say, and then I know you're going to have plenty to say about, about everything. The referee... Uh, Jessica Carr had to essentially not count the fall at the end of the match because she thought that Dominic was under the ring and therefore it wouldn't be a legal finish. It's to the point where she's yelling at him, no, you're under the ropes. No, you're under the ropes. I can't count the count. I can't count you're under the ropes. So he has to push Butch, who's already out quote unquote if you're listening in audio and then repin him and pin him for three and in this statement everybody looks bad because butch is out and he's supposed to lose on this particular moment you have the referee making dominic look like an idiot which like okay you can play that into like a long-term story where he just looks like an idiot all the time but also like the referee isn't supposed to make the wrestlers look like an idiot at any point they're there to count the three they're there to enforce the rules in this particular case, you could do a whole like, oh, maybe he was under the ropes. Maybe he da 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 da. But they can still play it off as like he still won. I don't know. I just thought that uh, there was there was a little lapse in judgment there from the referee. And maybe, but they're told to call it as a shoot, right? Like they're told to call it how they're they're watching it. I think this is on the wrestlers and their positioning. Get the positioning better, and so the referee doesn't have to tell you no, he's underneath. The ropes, because could they have uh, retconned it and mitigated of like, oh, he was under the ropes, do a rematch type of thing? Yeah, they could have. But Jessica Carr in that moment doesn't know that this is going to happen. She is told to call it like a shoot. And so that's how she's calling it. I don't blame her at all. Like, and I'm, I'm putting this on more of the, on the wrestlers of get your positioning better. Get pull them away from the ropes. How whatever you got to do to make sure that she, you don't put the referee in that position to where she's got to be like, hey, he's underneath the ropes. I'm not counting this. You should hate the referee, Jeremy. Why don't you hate the referees like everyone else? No, because the referee's got a tough job, man. When the when the last two-minute report comes out on this match, we'll see who, awesome. who really screwed up. Yes, that's right. And by the way, like I see, he can't count the he can't count the three if he's under the ropes. He wasn't under the ropes. That's the whole that's the problem that I had. Was like he wasn't from the vantage point of the camera, he wasn't under the ropes. Vantage point of the referee could have been different. That's fine. I understand that. But like, if you're thinking of the camera shot, it did not look bad. And he could have just done a different pin. He could have done a stack pin. He could have done something different than 
roll him back around and then do the pin. That's yeah, what- but that's on the ref though. Or that's on the performers. Like do right. do a better job in getting him away from the ropes. Like that's on the performers. That's not on the ref. Don't blame the refs for everything, Joel. You sound like I'm, a casual I'm, sports fan. It's I the ref's do. fault that we lost. It is the referee's fault that we lost. That's how it works. It's always the referee's fault, Jeremy. The foul disparity was way too much in this. That's right. Uh wrestling. Baseball. Baseball? Basketball. Yeah, there you go. One, two, three, it. basketball. <laughs> Did you see how she had to post Chelsea having oh, to post these the video? Idiots. <laughs> these idiots. It. I saw it. So, so here's the thing. In the moment I saw it, I saw it. Uh, this, for those who don't know, let's set it up. Uh, Matt, sorry. Uh, Matt Cardona was at DDT Pro in Japan this past weekend, and he showed up with his whole deathmatch king gimmick and he had the women's tag titles around his his waist one of them because his wife is chelsea green he said in an interview i i get half of everything she gets she's half of the tag team champion so i am half of the half of the tag team champions so he comes out wearing a women's tag team championship to which everybody thought that he had the actual legitimate women's tag team championships for 10 seconds i looked at it and i said to myself Wow, that's ballsy. I hope he can get it back to Chelsea by Monday. And then I realized, no idiot, he probably got a damn replica. And that's exactly what Chelsea had to go out and put on the internet. It's like, you think I'd give him the title? You think he could get that title if he wanted to? No, it's a replica. And I just, I loved how something so stupid meant she had to go and clarify it for everybody. It's hilarious because... Like, I know Matt Cardona's got a lot of followers. I, DDT Pro is where it's at in the, the wrestling world landscape. If you're online enough to know what like DDT Pro is, you probably are online enough to know that San Diego Comic-Con was this weekend as well. Chelsea's at San Diego Comic-Con wearing the title everywhere. She has got the title everywhere with her. And yet for some reason, people who, and maybe they're, the crossover is not fully there. I, I get that. And maybe it's just like, oh, we see Matt Cardona with this title. We actually don't know what Chelsea's doing. I do think that there were plenty of people who did know what Chelsea was doing. But they just see this title and they're like, that's the real title? What is happening here? No, Chelsea was at San Diego wearing, this, wearing the real title the entire time. It was hilarious that she had to get online and be like, hey, guys, like, do you think I'm actually going to let him take this? over there do you think that like i could get away with that no absolutely not it's a replica here's the real one see you guys monday i think it'd be funnier if like even i can't get the real one and i had appearances <laughs> this is a replica too look here's the receipt <laughs> she pulls out a paper receipt from wwe shop she's like i didn't even know they had these but for some reason here it is Oh, it's good stuff. Uh, before we talk about Death Before Dishonor, do you want to talk about uh, Collision real quick? Um, yeah, I liked I liked the show. I like uh, Ricky Starks and his amazing pyro that he well earned, well deserved. Um, I like the the way they set up the the main event with the opening promo. I thought from start to finish, it was just a good show. I'm. Look, I, we talked about it a lot on this show that Ricky's win was only going to mean more if like you followed up well with it. And so far, it's only been one week, but they, they followed up very well in that one week because we don't see this a lot in AEW. We certainly don't see it a lot on, on Dynamite. And sometimes I think they can do a better job of it. Sometimes uh, I understand the, the reasoning, but 
the big story coming out of last week's collision was Ricky Starks winning and the way he won, the way he beat CM Punk. So how do you start the show? You immediately address that. Because I always had a problem with this on Dynamite. And my biggest point was uh, when Omega won, won the title from Moxley. And then it was like, tune into Impact tomorrow night to watch this. But the following Dynamite, Omega gets this big like helicopter entrance. It's like 9.30 on the show or something. It's like, you ended last week's show with this big callous controversy, callous turn, callous helping Omega, Omega screwed Moxley type of thing. And then you don't address this until like 9.30 in kind of just a random weird... They do this a lot on Dynamite where they don't address the biggest story in the opening thing. They just, here's what's next on Dynamite. I like that, hey, this is the biggest story coming out of this episode of Collision. Let's start off addressing it. They do the in-ring segment. It plays into the main event. I like the show long thread stuff. I thought it was a really good just episode of, of Collision where they had a point that they wanted to make and they stuck to the point and they made it. I think my biggest complaint about this show is how the hell did they miss the Christian Ricky Starks one-up celebration? Oh, I was so mad at that because Ricky's doing all his poses of like, dun, dun, dun. And then Christian like cuts in front of him with the title. And then like the next shot you see, like they're all the way back down at ringside because they're trying to cut in front of each other and you missed it all. Oh, I wanted to see that so bad. It was oh, those guys are so good. Did you, okay. I don't know how many people really like paid attention to this. Um, Punk spent a lot of time being much more of a, a Bret Hart fan in an Owen Hart tournament. And like that felt a little strange to me. And I, I didn't want to bring it up during the tournament because I was just like, oh, a heart is a heart, of course. But I'm just like, no, that's not at all. Because Owen was a very different wrestler character, human being than Brett. And I just I always felt I, I felt very weird during the entirety of this the the tournament, just being like, Punk's just a huge Brett fan. He's not a huge Owen fan. So like, why does he keep invoking the Bret Hart spots as part of this like big moment when really he just, he, I don't think he gives a shit about Owen as much as he gives a shit about Brett. And that's not like, I'm not saying how dare you. Did I know you I'm not promo. He cut where we would, none of us oh, would be wait. here if it wasn't oh, for Owen wait. Hart. Sorry. We had to see it. We had to go to, to Regina to cut that promo for 2000 people. But the point of the matter was it felt like punk was more interested in being a Bret Hart fan throughout the tournament than being a, a, an Owen fan, except for the one week where he actually got cheered. So with all that in mind, uh, yeah, Ricky coming out and basically being like, what's in the bag? Nothing. Just want to show off this Louie. And I was <laughs> dying, just dying. Love what they're doing with Ricky now. Don't know if I want to call it a heel turn. Cause quite frankly, if, if everyone else can make fun of New Jersey, that's a baby face move. Okay. Taya was a baby face. Ricky Starks was a baby face. Who else made fun? Anyone who made fun of Jersey. Christian Cage was, was a baby face. In my eyes, uh, this absolutely was true. Anyone who made fun of Jersey, even CM Punk made fun of New Jersey. He, he went after the hockey team. It was go after New Jersey night, rightfully so, section five. So the whole point of this whole show was like, Everyone versus New Jersey Knights, and that's okay. But the match itself, that the, the promo that led to the main event, that worked for me. I'm glad that they went ahead 
and did uh, Darby wins the the Royal Rampage the night before. So why not have him come out and start making plays to want to take on the the TNT champion, whoever it is, Luchasaurus or his uh, his AI counterpart, Christian Cage. I don't real think Christian Cage champion. is real. Yes, that's right. I don't think Christian Cage is real, though. I think he's AI. How dare you? Christian <laughs> rules. He's Neither. completely real. No one else is making fun of dead people like Christian Cage. He's the real TNT champion, Joel. The real TNT champion. This mm-hmm. other, this dinosaur thing is just there as a prop. Ricky grabbing ropes is like the bloodline kicking each other in the dick. It just works for me, and it's just going to be ongoing. And that's fine. I love that they're going to let Ricky keep getting away with it until they finally announce, you know what? This match is a no ropes, no rules match. You can fight anywhere in the ring. Bloodsport? We're going to get Ricky Starks in Bloodsport? That's right. They're going to call it Bloodsport, but it's going to be Ricky Starks Bloodsport. So it's going to be... Punk can finally get an MMA victory in this case. That's it. You see where I'm going here. It's about time. Uh, but either way, FTR got booed as well. That was a little bit surprising, but it shows that people are fans of Adam Cole and uh, MJF as a tag team, and they they want to see that match. They are looking forward to next week in Hartford when they do FTR and, uh, and MJF and Cole. Collision was good, largely. I, I'm happy with the way that they format the show, that they make it very, like, inclusive of the two hours you're about to watch. Stuff does carry over to next week or Wednesday in the case of Taya versus Brit, which was very random, but here we are. Okay. It, it was, it was random. I will give them some credit of, you know, we talked a lot about the, the throwaway Brit match on, on dynamite. At least they gave it a little bit of a purpose by having Taya cut the promo and to set this up. Could they have still used that time on dynamite a little bit better Yes, I do think so. I think the Shafir idea that you had would have been better because Taya can cut the same promo about Brit and her being the face and her doing all of these things and you could still get to the match that way. But at least they tried to give it purpose of like, you're just out here beating nobody's until it like come up and, and face an actual challenger. And so they set it up. So I will give them credit for at least giving some, uh, some point to that Brit match that at the time looked like it had no point. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I'm willing to accept that. I I don't think I don't think we need Ty Valkyrie going after the women's championship again because it feels like that's what they're trying to angle. And you know what? I said it again. I'll say it once. Say it again. They should just run back the Tony Storm tie match from Battle of the Belts and just be like, "Here is the match. We didn't finish it. Now we're going to." If they're going to come all the way around just to get back to that match. I got questions for you, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't think they are, though. I don't. I don't, I don't think, think they are either. I think. Sorry, I think Ty's going to eat the. I think Ty's going to eat the L. That's fine. Probably. I thought she was going to lose on Saturday. I thought Sky Blue was going to beat her, and then and Ty won. So I was a little. I was honestly surprised by that. I. I really thought Sky Blue was winning. Yeah, that's fair, especially because she got involved at Ring of Honor uh, at Death Before Dishonor in the Zero Hour, and then they announced the match. Oh, that should have, yeah, I guess that should have been my tip off is the Ring of Honor person uh, was probably not going to win this uh, important AEW match. Is Sky Blue considered an AEW or, or a Ring of Honor person at this point? I mean, she seemed to be setting up a feud with Layla Hirsch. I imagine they're going to pay that off at some point. I mean, it's, it's going to be at the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view, which isn't until December. Is it that late? Yeah. That's usually uh, when Final Battle is. Yeah, they'll, no, 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 they'll, they'll have... Uh, I thought they had one in September last year. Am I wrong? I don't think they did. Normally that is best in the world, but I don't think they did what best in the world this year. Okay. I, I, I the four. My, 
they normally do three or four at this point. I thought it was four, but maybe it is only three. Um, uh, yeah, they did. De- okay, so they actually. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, twenty twenty one is what I was looking at. Yeah, twenty twenty two. They only did three, uh, but typically they did hold an event in September as well, and that was actually Death Before Dishonor. They would do in September. Um, yes. And then best in the world was typically June. So yeah, maybe it is only three cards this year. Uh, like it was last year. Cause there's only three last year. I think you can add a fourth. I don't know if they want to add a fourth though, because they're already doing, I mean, you got all in at the end of August, you have all out at the beginning of September. You're just going to throw a ROH show like in the middle of September so on there. I think Reg had the right, kind of idea and that was to take from the impact idea you're already paying for honor club so have a special card once a month or once every other month that is a specialty themed card with a bunch of live matches on a live show whatever that is you you know you just have to book do it at universal i don't care but the idea being that you're not only is your honor club subscription worth more but you're building to more than the pay-per-views which you honestly aren't really building to until you're like two weeks out and even then you're plagued by injuries and you have a whole other can of worms to deal with uh but before we talk about the show itself why syllable sends us a super chat saying hey guys wanted to wait till you guys got to it but want to eat a small blade of crow from friday for the attention given to the roh women espe- roh and aw women especially for willow and athena amazing matches so let's talk about that before dishonor let's talk about the fact that uh, y- you would put it out there probably earlier that week you asked had any women ever main evented a ring of honor show uh, pay-per-view and they hadn't and then there was a lot of talk about willow and athena being asked would you do it and they said yes give it to us let's do it and by the end of the zero hour they kept saying the main event was Pac versus claudio for the world title they kept putting that card on last on the the uh, the order of matches they went through and then midway through the show it kind of came out that Willow and Athena were going to main event the show. Thought it was probably the better uh, the better take because I ended up enjoying that match more than the World Championship match. But uh, let's talk about that before Dishonor. I didn't watch the entire show. I will be upfront about that. I started with the Pure Rules match and went to the end. So that's Pure Rules, Six Man Tag, the Righteous uh, and Death and Dark, Dark Order match. What's the match? Uh, Fight Without Honor. Yeah, Fight Without and, Honor. And, yeah, and then the world title match and then the women's title match. So I got through really what I would argue is the more important parts. Oh, and Aussie Open winning the tag titles is really great, really awesome. Wish it would have been the kingdom, but I see what they're doing with Aussie Open. Anyway, let's talk about the show. Let's talk about what we liked. Uh, we can start at the top with that Athena and Willow match. It was it was completely uh, justified for them to, to main event the, that match. And, and while sellable, like... I understand you want to eat a small plate of crow, like whatever your dietary uh, restrictions are or your dietary needs are there. Go go for it. I don't think that just because they had a great match is like reason justify of like the actual booking of stuff. And and in complete fairness with Athena and Willow, they actually have been building this. They, they got a little bit hampered because uh, Willow got, got uh, banged up in Japan. And so they had to push things back. Uh, a week ago but i know your, your super chat kind of kicked off a a discussion on on our, our last show i guess, I guess friday show w- with the brit stuff which we which we talked about a little bit of like just because like they have a great match doesn't excuse like how they got to this great match because that still can be an issue 
with stuff. Um, and at this point, especially when it comes to pay-per-views, I say this, I say this all the time. Like you look at the ring of honor show. Was it built? Well, no, not really. There wasn't, uh, wasn't totally Tony's fault. wasn't totally ROH's fault. They did get some stuff just had to happen. Some stuff had to get pushed back. Some stuff had to get removed and everything, but there were other parts of like, Hey, you could have just done a better job with this you just you could have and and you didn't but when you looked at that card on paper you were probably looking at it and going that match is going to be good that match is going to be good that match like in 2023 it's very hard to just have a bad wrestling pay-per-view with bad wrestling how you get there it can be an issue the decisions you make on the show might be an issue but when you look at the actual match quality of everything rarely an issue everybody's so good now everything looks so crisp all the the production is there everything is just there to where most of the time you will get a justified this is awesome chance on these matches um now as far as this match goes it was the right call to headline with it because i thought it was the best built match there was actual intrigue in it i didn't think there was much intrigue in pack and claudio i we figured Claudio was going to win. It didn't pack was a last minute person. Didn't feel like he was going to be in that title on there. Uh, it was going to win that title. Willow and Athena. There was real intrigue of like, will Willow be the person to end the forever reign of Athena? And they caught me a few times on the, like the, the babe with the bomb. I really thought Willow had that, uh, you know, she kicked out of the O face. Um, and then they, she finally got her to, to even when uh, Athena had the cross face and Willow rolled into it. I was like, oh, is she going to catch it? No, uh, rolled it back over. A great match. Fantastic match. Well-deserved of the main event. Athena is one of my favorite champions in all of wrestling right now. I think her character work has been fantastic where she's just going out there and just being the American Joshi, just beating the shit out of people and just having great matches. Everything is on point for Athena. They, they earned that main event. They deserve that main event. I'm glad they got it. It was an absolutely fantastic match. And arguably, I know people, Rhea and Charlotte's about like the only other women's match from America. I know there's a lot of great like stardom and Joshi matches uh, that I've talked about. I've seen my memory's awful, but from, from an American perspective, um, yeah, Athena Willow and Rhea and Charlotte, kind of the top two women's matches of the year, I think. What did you make of the end of the match when Athena offered her hand to Willow and gave her that respect. And Willow, who was like over the moon at having that endorsement. I thought that was great. But is that um, a shift in character, a shift in belief for Athena, a, a move towards a babyface thing? Or do you think it was just Athena being like, damn, you're the first one to almost get me in a very long time? What do you think? Was it uh, one or the other? I think it was just a, a sign of respect. You know, it's, it's ring of honor and Athena has been very disrespectful uh, her entire run. Willow has a victory over her. I know it's on an ROH, but you can't just say it doesn't matter when you literally used uh, that victory as a way to set up this rubber match. So it, it was a sign of respect that like, Hey, good job. I also think it was a little out of character moment of like, we accomplished this together and i'm going to make sure to acknowledge that because this is an important moment for us for women for for roh so i do think they wanted to do that and i think that's why she like kind of threw it down she still gave her like the mean mug and everything so it was it, it had a few layers to it i think you can use it a little bit as far as maybe people think athena is like soft of like you 
kind of showed a little. And then Athena just got to start beating bitches up again, which I'm full on board with that. So I think you can use it a little bit. I, I thought it was a it was a good moment, though. It didn't take me out of anything of like, oh, look at them. They're just breaking things to put themselves over in, in this moment. Like sometimes you need to do that. Honestly, it's okay that, that this happens. It is completely okay. And I think Athena sold it well. And I think you can do something with it if you would like to. Man, who's going to take that title from Athena? Nobody. Nobody? No. Do you think, I think, I think whoever does, it'll be uh, a shock victory. Not, a, not in a like, oh my God, I can't believe it, but it'll be like a, like Kyrie rolling up Shayna Baszler in the Carafuda Clutch right? To get the three. That shocked a lot of people. It'll be something along those lines. Um, it'll be, I don't, I don't even know what it could be, but it'll be something like the, the cross face into the, into the side pin, get the three. And who's it going to be? I don't even know. I don't think anybody really knows. I don't know if there's a plan. Billy Starks is somebody that it could be. Uh, if you want to get real, you know, young talent, just getting their way in. Sky Blue, we were just talking Sky about. Sky Blue is who I was yeah. going to say. Because she is, she's been around the company for quite a little while now. They're starting to put a lot behind her. There's, there's a, there's a push for her, which is great. And maybe she is the person who, you know, surprises everybody and gets the big victory and starts a bit of a, a younger push for uh, the women in in Ring of Honor. I, I think Sky Blue is, off the top of my head, the first person. I, I could think of that makes sense. Billy Starks is a, is a good shout. She has not officially been signed. Uh, you know, she hasn't gotten the graphic I should say she's still doing indies and everything. She's involved in an angle on MLW, which I know was shot like months ago, but they're she's still in an MLW angle. So good luck with that. Is it an um, angle with carrying cross? No, I'm just no, kidding. it's an angle where like, there's like brains in a box and stuff. It's with the calling. I heard so, about this. Yeah. It's something else. Um, Definitely a good use of Billy Starks. Um, but Sky Blue is the the name that I could I first thought of. There's there's a lot of women in AEW that, much like Willow, you can just kind of transition down there who makes sense to potentially beat Athena. Uh there's I don't know if you want to use like uh one of the Joshi women, uh Riho. You want to use Riho to come in in ROH and, and do something like that? I it's possible, right? Um, so they, they have options right now. I'm looking at everybody. I'm like, I just want Athena to keep beating all these people because she rolls. My feeling is final battle, that's it. That's the yeah. end of the Athena World Championship run. And that's fine because at that point, she will have had probably one of the best uh, women's title runs in North America in quite a while. I mean, it wasn't always front and center in your TV, but like if you go back and watch it, there was some real. There's been some really good stuff. Some really strong stuff. Um, she's found something. She's found something, and she's continued to to build upon it. And I think that's huge. I love it. Someone mentioned Diamante is another one. Uh, you can build these challengers, which is the best part. You have until December if that's when the next big title match for Athena is the next big challenge. And if that's the case, perfect. Let's let's let that, that let's let that happen. So, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, Pac and Claudio, it happened. Match was fine. A lot of reversals, a lot of running around, a lot of skip jumping and, and flying. Uh, gravity in the back trying to mean mug with this. Is he in He's like, they did it, Joel. We talked about they would do it of Pac and Gravity. They were going to do it. Tony Khan was so happy in that press conference it's to just- make that joke of, oh, Pac didn't be face Gravity. You know, he, the man that he forgot and he has this 
big old smile on his face. Oh, it was so good. I felt I was happy for old TK that he got this joke off. I'm going to tell people right now, if it's your first time watching Gravity, don't have the highest of hopes. And that's not a slight on, on Gravity the wrestler. He's new. Like Gravity is not a wrestler who's been around for a long time. He's only got a couple of years and he's a luchador. So he's really still trying to figure it all out. Don't expect this to be like the most incredible match you've ever seen. It's going to be fun, but really it's a meme match. That's really what Tony booked. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm for it though. I'm yeah, of course. But, but of course, like it's going to be one of those matches where when it's done, everyone's going to be like, that's it. We're going to be like, yeah, because y'all spend a good solid week making jokes and getting hyped for it. <laughs> and that's fine. Just set your expectations low. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Now you just need a Frazier versus Ali match. One <laughs> of the, one of the biggest disappointments in AEW history for me. And I don't know if they'll ever get a chance to do this again. When they had Undisputed Era and they had Ty Mello and they did just not do a random backstage segment with them. Because that was one of the funniest things in NXT where it looked like, wait, is Ty Mello joining Undisputed Era? It's Ty Conti. Um, is, is she in part of Undisputed Era? What's happening there? And she's talked about it. It's like, yeah, we kind of had an idea. We did the one segment together and then it went nowhere. They never did that in AEW, and it always upset me that like Undisputed Era was not just backstage doing a promo, and she just like walked through the screen and just like, "Hey, what's up, guys?" And then that was it. They never did that. Biggest missed opportunity in AEW history, right there. Did you see the WWE posted the social? So, so a bunch of NXT wrestlers were at SmackDown backstage yeah. and, and front stage, and they had Tony D and Stax walking around. Yeah, that was good. And they had Pretty Deadly go by in the, with the wheelchair, and they just kind of did the. Yeah, just looking away, and you had stacks getting upset while Tony D's like, "It's cool, don't worry about it. It's fine. They're out of our hair." Stuff like that always pops. Me. Little stuff, and again, like it's backstage. It doesn't have any meaning on the storylines. You and I have talked about this in other storylines before, but like you, you kind of reward the viewer with those little funny or just entertaining segments that reminds you, oh yeah, they used to do a thing, and now they're they're looking at each other again. Stuff like that always pops me. Um, uh, yeah, anything to add about uh, Claudio and Pac that wasn't. Yeah, or was I mean, worth mentioning. I mean the the post match is where kind of everything happened, right? You had Death Triangle kind of come back out. Yuta was out there uh, to help Claudio win because he distracted Pac, and then yeah, Death Triangle came out. Then you had Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy said that he was maybe, probably, definitely going to be on the show, and this was the use of him on the show. I don't. I love Orange Cassidy. He apparently is taking on a bigger role as like a producer and everything now, which is good for him. Which yep. pops me so much of like Orange. How much time we got left? Minute. Did know. you see the like the top? Do you ever read the uh, the comments on the the Patreon posts? No Patreon posts. No. no. So someone someone's like first post, and this was liked by Sean. It was just like, do a cool move. You've got like a couple of minutes to go or something. <laughs> hey, you should. Um, do something (laughs) that's how that's how you just imagine him like coaching and producing these (laughs) matches it rules absolutely rules um so orange cassidy did show up we talked a little bit about this on on friday in the build to this show i don't always want to blend the AEW roh stuff orange cassidy's got his own thing going on in AEW as the international champion and just defending that title weekly he's facing ar fox this week which should be a great match I don't need him going to ROH and like challenging for the ROH title now. Like I just, I don't need a Claudio orange feud in ROH. And then they're like doing separate things in AEW. I just, 
I don't need all that. I hope it was just, okay, best friends. They showed up. They set up a dynamite match with this whole thing. Fine. Orange Cassidy is a regular on ROH. Not too enamored with that. I don't think he was part of the tapings, this past taping. So I don't think we'll see that too much. Maybe you do just steal. And I don't know how you do this though, because you got two champions here. Do you steal an ROH title match for a dynamite or a rampage with Claudio and Orange Cassidy? But then of course you're unless you do some type of count out DQ time limit finish, then you're beating a champion. But then do you beat the champion to set up the title match of like, hey, Claudio beats Orange to defend the ROH title. They do an international title match. Orange beats him to defend that. Then they're one and one. Who knows? They they can set up some possibilities here. But again, I don't like my blending. Of, of the two two companies playing into each other in that way, especially when you're talking about a champion like Orange Cassidy, who is, you know, there as the champion uh, of a, a big-time champion in AEW, now appearing on ROH TV. Yeah, I think the opportunities are much greater to have some singles Ring of Honor stars go after uh, Claudio. Because, again, if Ring of Honor is going to be used as, like, this new proving ground, stomping ground, springboard for AEW talent, then... It's time that we start treating that as such and just sending people back from AEW to Ring of Honor to do the matches, to do the title matches. I don't think we need that. If this ends the the Ring of Honor title match, if this all culminates to Claudio versus Eddie Kingston at Final Battle, that's fine with me. The the pack thing, like you said, the match was just kind of put together last minute. It was literally set up on Dynamite on Wednesday and the circumstances led to that. Uh, If that's the way it is, that's fine. The match was great. But it was about the end of the match. It was about the post show, the post match shenanigans, uh, all leading into a dynamite match, and that's fine. It's more that we just let it die after that, or leave the ROH out of it and start getting into the the AEW story, whatever that is. As long as it's not a Ring of Honor title that's on the line in in AEW, that's fine with me. I really want them to keep that split going. I'm okay if they want to have like Cla- like Claudio and Phoenix, especially Rampage, where Rampage has just become right. – they actually used it well this past week with Royal Rampage. I get that. But for the most part, Rampage can either be – maybe it blends some stuff or maybe it's just like the cool match show. And, you know, They did Claudio and Phoenix, which was a, a great, really fun match and everything. It was an ROH title match. Um, and so maybe you can utilize it like that. I'm fine if Claudio is going to like defend the ROH title – on like a rampage and not a throwaway match, but just put some eyes on that title and that product and everything. That's fine. I just, I wish the split was a little bit harder. And at some point, Claudio has got to lose that title. He's more of an AW guy to me. I understand he's the champion. I, it's tough for me to like, look at Claudio be like, yeah, that's the, that's the ROH champion. I look at him like that's Blackpool combat club, Claudio Casignoli. like Shibata. He didn't really appear in on AEW television. He's peer champion. He's wrestling on ROH and he's doing his thing there. I imagine Aussie open. Maybe they'll come up and do some stuff on AEW, but they seem like they might be kind of firm ROH right now. And I thought that's where the kingdom should have probably won those titles because they are definitely firm ROH. I think best friends might be better. It's just kind of an ROH team because in AEW, they're just, just kind of jokes. Right, no offense to them, but like you see, your best friends are having a match, and you're like, yeah, they're probably gonna lose this match. Like that's just what it is. I understand wanting to get these guys on TV. Like they got, um, they got best friends on Dynamite this week. They got uh the trios team, Ar Darius. I guess they're teaming with Vikingo. Um, that that's a match. Vikingo, Darius, and Andretti against like the Gun Club and stuff. 
I wish there was a little bit of a harder split on this because otherwise you're putting these ROH teams on AW and they're losing. And then it's like, go watch them on ROH. It's like, why, why am I going to do that? Uh, I feel again, going back to the, the final battle stuff, I really am hoping that the tag title match at ring at, at final battle is also a two on two match. Yeah. Because the last couple of matches for the titles have been, multi-team matches and so i'm ready for them to put some emphasis on it i think like you said putting ozzy open as as a firmly ring of honor uh tag team that would be fine for a while i'd like to see more of that and on top of that you know kingdom kingdom versus ozzy open as like their first big main challenge that would work for me i don't know who would take those titles feel like a final battle again that's a tag that those tag titles remain around ozzy open uh, maybe to the point where Aussie Open dominates Ring of Honor so much that they go after the AEW tag titles. Kind of like they were planning to do with the FTR versus Aussie Open storyline that didn't happen because Mark Davis got injured and things kind of got tossed into disarray because the presumed Forbidden Door match was going to be representing New Japan, Aussie Open versus FTR as the tag champions. And then it was basically the story reversed of FTR being the, the, the main every company championship holder versus the AEW champions, which in this case, we just reversed it. So uh, I want to see more of Aussie open. I always do. They're, they're a great, great team. Glad that they won those tag titles. You mentioned, should they have gotten the graphic after this match, Joel? I believe that. I still believe that. (laughs) Yes. I still believe that to this day, a hundred percent. Cause that was a match that is a standout Aussie open tag team match. The two of them should have gotten the graphic at that point. Anyway, um, not like you put Kyle Fletcher on your TV all that much. Afterwards. Anyway, uh, Shibata, you mentioned Shibata being part of the show. He defended his pure title against Daniel Garcia. This match was hilarious because it was basically just Garcia being like, I want to dance. I want to fight, but I also want to dance. And Shibata being like, I don't want to do any of those things. I just want to kick your ass. I love the finish being Garcia trying to dance his way out of it. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, what do you think of the match? What do you think Garcia goes down and defeats by dancing his way out. Hey, I understand Tony Khan loves Shibata, like really loves Shibata. I get it. That press conference with him, Shibata's got the AI thing going, the translator, he can only answer like two words. Tony's looking at him like, are you going to answer the question? And Shibata doesn't understand it because it's English and there's no translator there and everything. So Shibata's just typing on his phone like, Daniel Garcia, great. Love this title, great. Like there's... It was so awkward, but Tony Khan's love for Shibata it pops me so much. Where the hell was Michael Nakazawa? Because he always I, yeah. does the translations for these <laughs> Japanese challenges. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I watched the, some of the press conference afterwards, and I was just like, why is he using a Google Translate? This is awful for everybody. It was it was very awkward and hilarious in maybe not the best ways, but I do genuinely love Tony Khan's like excitement that like Shibata is part of all of this. All that said, they got to put every single title in the company on Daniel Garcia. (laughs) They got to have this man. Here's what I would do, Joel. Here's what I would do. I'd make Daniel Garcia the world champion. Eddie Kingston can win the title at at final battle. That's fine. Garcia beats him that first title defense. The very first one. Because Eddie Kingston ain't like a long-term champion. Love Eddie Kingston. But that's a guy who gets his moment and then just doesn't hold it for, you know, six months. Or whatever. He probably holds it for just a couple of months. 
and Garcia just beats him and he's dancing over the prone body of Eddie Kingston. It's like, you worked so hard for this. You scratched and clawed and spent years. You were ready to quit during the pandemic and sell your gear and everything. You finally got this moment. And then the first time you faced me, I beat you. And here I am just like, you know, dancing all over you. I'm the guy that you hate because you are super serious Eddie Kingston wrestler street fighter. And here I am. That's what people want me to be, this technical, brilliant, uh, in-ring person. They want me to be the next Brian Danielson. Like, nah, I'm over here doing this, baby. You know what I'm talking about. I'm hitting him with that right there. And just, oh, I love Daniel Garcia. So good. So, so good. That's the storyline that I want. I understand why Shibata won. I, I want them to just, I'm ready for them to go full bore with this Garcia stuff, man. They're, they're teasing a little bit. And Garcia, is a, Garcia, we talked about Austin Theory earlier. Garcia is a guy where they're putting him in spots and he's succeeding. And maybe they're not giving him the big victories that you would hope for. But every time he's put in these spots and he's losing, even if he's losing, he's making himself be memorable. He lost against Shibata. And yet the only thing people are talking about is how he danced on the way down and passed out. And this could, I'm not saying it matters more than wins or losses, but he's making himself memorable in these spots, which can matter more than if you win a throwaway match that no one cares about by the end of it, because the match wasn't very good. And then they did nothing with you after it. Garcia is making himself memorable in these moments. And I think that you can say what you will about Chris Jericho and everything. I think that's one thing that Chris Jericho has taught Daniel Garcia of like, you might not have the best material to work with. You might not always win these matches. You go out there and you give them something to remember you by that's going to stick with people. And Garcia's taking that advice. What is wrestling all about, especially TV wrestling? What's the one thing that wrestlers always run by? Maximizing your minutes. And the Miz says that all the time. The yes. Miz talks about maximizing the minutes. But what is the what has the Miz done consistently for the last 15 more a little more than that years in WWE? Maximized his minutes. Were they always good? No. But were they the best of his ability? Yeah, and that's what we're doing with Daniel Garcia. There's a lot of really good stuff here. Um, I agree with you largely. He he put on a, a good showing, put on a good match, and what's memorable is exactly what you said, dancing on his way out, <laughs> dancing on his way in too. And he, by the way, he can flip this at any time, yeah. right? Because we know he can be super serious killer, go out there and stretch everybody, Daniel Garcia. So he can flip this, and maybe it's a, a Kingston program that like really fires him up off of this and gets him to flip maybe after he beats kingston and does the dancing kingston's like i don't want this bullshit dancing nonsense and kingston like lights a fire and then garcia beats him in like a rubber or in a, in a uh, rematch of like all right you want like straight badass dragon slayer daniel garcia that's what you're gonna get here oh i need i need a daniel garcia eddie kingston program i need that so bad okay but what if it's dan Housen that breaks daniel garcia Absolutely not. Stop it. No, no, no. Hear me out. You have you have super like funny guy Danhausen pins Daniel Garcia. And Daniel Garcia is like, oh hell no. Not this guy. I'm not losing to this guy. This this joke. And then someone just comes after him and be like, You're also a joke. And that just breaks Daniel Garcia. And that's what makes him 
the no. the killer. No, we're not going to do that. No, no, no. I don't like that at all. I'm for I'm I'm for Danhausen and Daniel Garcia like segments and stuff. I don't need Daniel Garcia losing to to Danhausen. He's going to lose too. He's going to lose. Nah, I oh, I've worked myself into a shoot with this uh, Garcia Kingston program, man. Do it completely. For the Tony TK. I know you're listening, baby. Like, come on, you give this to me. Give me the Eddie Garcia. Eddie Garcia. Uh, isn't that like a singer? Or something. Who's Eddie Garcia? Let's find out. You talk. I swear I, I, this is like an actual person. It Eddie, seems like it'd be a common name. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it feels like that, yes. Eddie Garcia Eddie is an actor. A Filipino yeah, there you actor. Go. He's an actor. What was Eddie Garcia in? He's unfortunately passed away. R.I.P. Eddie Garcia. Um, I need, need Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia. Eddie Garcia has been in like literally nothing that I would have seen. Uh, so... I'm just looking at his awards. He's he's won a whole bunch of Pan Asian awards. Good for him. I'm looking at his IMDb, and I'm like, yeah, he was in a he was in a short film called Bad Bad Bunny. You know, that's Bad Bunny, but badder. Look at that. I, don't, I don't think that's the same one. I know that was 2014, so that's yeah. that's probably very true. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anything uh, that he's. He was in 500 Days of Summer, uncredited as Hannah Logum. I don't know what that is. I've, I've sure. heard of that movie. Never seen it though. Log him. I don't even know him. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, what else from Death Before Dishonor do we want to bring up? Uh, that that fight without honor was a lot of fun. That was it, fun. Yeah. Is this the beginning of uh, the Dark Order joining the Ring of Honor, or is this just in and out getting the getting back its due grace and we got a revenge? Now we go away. Now, see, this is where I would like to have Dark Order just stay in Ring of Honor because. Is AEW, what are they doing? They hadn't been on television. They were there with like Hangman and then they like kind of concluded that, but not really type of thing. Like if they ain't doing something where Hangman, we're your friend, we're not your friend, they ain't doing anything on AEW. And we seem past the point of this Hangman stuff and Dark Order. It seems like it's settled. They did their little side mission as Blackpool was feuding with the Elite. And now Dark Order, they weren't a present on a presence on AW television again outside of the hangman stuff. So put them on ROH and they could be a steady presence on that show. And I, I got no problem with that. I'd keep them on, on ROH. I'd like uh, the righteous on ROH as well. I'd keep these guys. I keep them on ROH and just don't have them. Cause this is where it comes back of they're typically a joke on AEW television. If they're in a match, they're probably getting beat. And then you're trying to tell me, Go watch them in ROH, though. Like, they're super serious in ROH. They're doing different stuff in ROH. It's like, oh, man, you, you don't do anything with them on AEW. I don't care about them on ROH. So I'd just rather them stay in ROH and like do actual consistent stories there. Yeah, I largely agree. I want to see Dark Order continue to evolve the way that they have been. Uh, if this turns into like hardcore Dark Order, or at least like, a dark order that goes after the the tag titles would be nice, um, but finish whatever they're doing. They finished essentially what they're doing at the righteous. Maybe they're all going to join together and be best friends again. Who knows? But uh, that's a different group. They, you're right. Sorry. Bow, 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 bow. Anyway, that's a good theme. Let's be honest. That's a banger theme. It's a good theme. I do like it. But yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at with Dark Order too. I would love to see them in in Ring of Honor for a little while. Let them do what they're doing. Let them figure out where they want to go next. But uh, yeah, because they they've been taken off the burner, they've been put on the proverbial back burner. 
that's yeah, that's it. We got a few minutes left. We're going to talk about uh, Raw. I do want to add, I'm waiting to figure out what happened with Leo Rush this weekend. He uh, was injured in a match at uh, MCW at the uh, the Shane Shamrock tournament. He had his qualifying match. He won, and then he was gone. He was he was sent uh, sent to a I think it was sent to a hospital. But either way, he was sent for to get looked at. Did not come back. Hoping he's okay because he is the Impact X Division champion, and it would suck for them to suddenly have to deal with that as as him vacating it. I mean, they've taped stuff. Uh, impact has so we'll, we'll see leo's usually good and maybe he doesn't know anything leo's usually good about posting stuff on twitter of like giving an update to, to things and he hasn't posted anything um i reached out to uh muscle man malcolm uh pal uh trying to he did a lot of great work th- this past week um he was at reality of wrestling like last week doing some interviews he was at mcw this week doing a bunch of interviews uh go check out his channel i'm sure he'll have a bunch of stuff there I was trying to get him on the show today to talk about all of this stuff. Unfortunately, he wasn't available he's to join asleep. us. He's still asleep. Oh, he's not. He got back to me. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's he should be. I hope, I hope he does. I hope he did get some, some rest. Uh, but he wasn't uh, available to join us today. But I know he interviewed Leo. And yeah, hopefully everything's good with Leo. Usually, from what I know about Leo and just following his um, his career and, and everything – when he has something to say, whether it be like an injury an announcement, he will do that himself. So if you are looking for an update on Leo, probably just follow him on Twitter and he will be the first person to tell you what's going on. Yeah. Hoping for the best because uh, he is talented as all hell and entertaining, especially in this impact run. Uh, GCW is still promoting him versus Gringo Loco in, in August on the 11th at No Signal in the Hills. Uh, so who knows? Either that was an automatic post or that is just, you know. That that's good news. We'll see. But I wanted to bring that up just because it kind of flew under the radar of a lot of people over the weekend. You know, someone in the chat being like, "What well, he's injured again?" And yeah, unfortunately, that's what happens in wrestling sometimes. So, uh, hoping for the best for Leo. Let's talk Monday Night Raw. Lots on the table so far. Yeah, they announced a bunch of stuff. Good on them. Hopefully, you know they don't only get it all canceled a week. <laughs> only, only one of them is a match, by the way. Everything else is just. It's a lot of sec. No, no. There's more matches. There's two matches. What okay, hold on, let's find out. Hold on, we got uh, Becky and Zoe. And oh, okay, Champa, 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 and Bronson. Yeah. Yes, you're right. The, yes, did you know that Bronson repeat Okada? I heard about that. I oh. love it. Tommaso Champa looks for retribution against Bronson Reed. He wasn't in that group, no, so I don't he think he's gonna find it. Is this the return of uh, of Shane Hayes to Slapjack? Oh, we can only hope, man. Right, we who can needs only the G1? Nobody needs the G1 right now. We need Shane Hayes reprising his role as Slapjack. What's Dijak doing? He ain't doing anything in NXT right now, is he? He's probably about to have a match next week against... Uh, who do you get involved with in the middle? Uh, no, man. Uh, not a title thing. He got involved in someone's match. One of the one of those guys. Wow, NXT historian Joel Pearl has no idea what Dijak is doing on the program. I know. It's very upsetting. I can't remember what I did yesterday. Scripps. Did he beat up Scripps and Axiom? Uh, was it that? Did he get involved in that with the Bronco Lubitsch? I don't know. Whatever he got was. involved with uh, Aura Mensa and Eddie Thorpe. Oh, that's what it was. He's going after Eddie Thorpe. Good for, there okay, you go. Carl Fredericks. There's, yeah, I was going to say, there's another connection to New Japan right there. Yeah. <laughs> Shane Hayes comes back. Dijak is uh, going after former New Japan Young Lions. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> 
either way uh yeah Tommaso Ciampa and Bronson Reed going one-on-one are we getting Gargano tonight you think we're getting Gargano depends if Miz gets involved if Miz yeah. does get involved yeah I could see it happening where is Raw tonight uh, no idea not wonderful in not in Cleveland so clearly it's not important now tonight is in tampa florida so yes it's very possible that we see johnny gargano tonight the amelie arena gargano and, with a cross-country flight and that's if that's the case he was at san diego comic-con all weekend so that's okay he's back he had to take care of his kid yeah i mean seth seth was at comic-con as well and he's gonna be there tonight him and finn balor are gonna sign a contract i hope that they sign the contract and then finn rips it up and then he says this is judgment day combat <laughs> and, then Finn, and then Seth is just like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I spoke to the elders. I spoke to Vince and I spoke to Bruce and they said, you two can fight however you want. And again, Seth just being like, no, seriously, what the hell are you talking about? They do like a shot of Jameson to, uh, to signify that the match is on like cheers and then take it back. Sancha, and then that's yeah. it. And then they fight. Uh, yeah, anyway, Balor and Rollins are going to put pen to paper live on Monday Night Raw. You think it's blue ink or black ink? Uh, I think Seth maybe has like a multicolor pen. You know those cool pens that like they got the different, yeah, the wheel yeah, and you yeah. click the colors on them? Yeah, those yeah. things were all the rage when we were in school. I think uh, the kids still got some of those. The green ink, though, you couldn't use that or else teachers would go after you because uh, that is the editor's ink. Oh, was it? I thought yes. red ink was the editor's ink. No, red is for marking. Green oh. is for editing. Oh. Blue is for something and black is for something else. I think black is for like important documents for like uh, Xeroxing, some photocopying. And then I don't know what blue was. Blue was just the, the fun ink. Blue is the fun color, Jeremy. No? That's, nah. no. I think you could use black. I think they encourage you to use black ink. The blue, I don't know. I use the blue ink on our grocery list all the time. That's important information for everybody to know. It is. So there you go. Blue ink for Jeremy. <laughs> uh, Logan Paul is going to be on Raw to confront Ricochet. Sweet. Yes. You think they're going to do a flippy thing? I don't know, man. Like I, I told you, I want them to just do like a like a, a viral contest. That, I don't. I don't need a wrestling match between these two. I, they, I think they, Ricochet to drink an entire bottle of or a can of prime energy and just be like Ooh. oh i'm so hyped up <laughs> i want them sorry i want them to do just a viral contest of who can get the most likes on this video Could you imagine why hasn't anybody done this yet that's how you win Whoever gets the most likes, it's shared on the WWE account because Ricochet has way less followers than Logan Paul on like Twitter and stuff. So it's shared on the actual WWE account and who can get the most likes on this video. And that's how you win. And then you brag about getting all of these likes. And that's how you set up your next idea. Yeah, you may have won, but how many likes did your video get on social media? That's how I won my last match. I got 900,000 likes and Logan Paul only got 732,000 likes. I'm the most liked superstar in all of WWE. This is the new gimmick right here. This is what I want for old Ricochet. Then Miz comes out and says, I'm the most must-see, and then we're off to the races. There you go! It just built a whole new feud out of this. You're welcome. There we go. And it builds the Samantha Irvin versus Maurice. Samantha Irvin rules, by the way. 
absolutely rules. Bless her. The only the only ring announcer that when Imperium went to Raw forced them to change the announce teams for the ring announcers. <laughs> oh, you yeah, gotta we, give her that. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, we gotta have Samantha Irvin on this on the show where she can uh kind of hit those notes the, the best. The Chelsea Green one is this yeah. fantastic, fantastic. I do like that one. I love this. This past week, Ricochet demanded that Paul show up to Raw so he could damage the social media megastar where it hurts most, his ego. Yeah, can't have that. Why did Logan Paul throw his uh, action figure in that video? That wasn't very kind. Oh, it's not very kind, but I would... Why was he shirtless? Do you watch Raw without a shirt on? All the time, are you kidding me? Okay, just make I'd do this show without a shirt on if I didn't scare a bunch of children with my bare bony chest. Oh my goodness. Uh, Drew McIntyre stands face-to-face against Gunter. Those men do not have bare bony chests. They're wow. going to build up to what I assume is going to be a match at SummerSlam, right, for the Intercontinental Championship? My foot coming off of Poison Ivy looks like it got into a fight with Gunther and Drew McIntyre. That's how red and like bruised and battered it looks like. For anybody who wants to know what my Poison Ivy foot looks like, because we did not make enough money, or we didn't make enough money for people to pay me to do it or not pay me to do it, that's what my foot looks like. Perfect. All of this is to say, can I, I hope they just stand there and they just they just puff their chest out a little bit, their non-bare bony chest, and like they don't actually fight or anything not tonight anyway they just they're just they just come face to face that's what they're advertising right face to face that's it face to face just stand face to face it's like there we go that's the segment we promised you you a great face to face and that's what we got and they're not even talking they they honestly just look at each other and say SummerSlam, and that's it we just set it up becky lynch versus zoe stark and if, to get to Trish Stratus is what's written on the preview, which makes me laugh so hard. Uh, Becky versus Zoe is going to be a good match. Looking forward to that. And then, of course, we got to get to Trish Stratus versus Becky at SummerSlam. But first, Becky has to get the tattoo of thank you, Trish, on her stomach. But only if she loses this match, right? I, if I she guess. loses, she gets the tattoo. I guess. I mean, the tattoo was a bit too far, in my opinion. She should do the the tattoo though. Like, I mean, let it be a fake one if you want. Do a real one, honestly. If if uh, if Becky, I guess Seth, are cool with a big old thank you Trish across the stomach, like it's Thug Life uh, out here, then then go for it. I'm with the hashtag. Bless them. Bless them. Oh. Ryan says, uh, "How many likes on this video for a shirtless stream?" I need cash. I need cold hard cash in the form of super chats that I will never see to do a shirtless stream. That is a good point. You will never see them. Uh, that's Monday Night Raw. That's at least what's on the docket. We we did it. We got through it all. We, we we got in the weeds. And Wednesday, we're back at 10 a.m. Jeremy Lambert. Go ahead. Plug the stuff. Let's get out of here. Everyone go to YouTube.com slash Fightful right now and check out Sean Ross Sapp's interview with Cody Rhodes, where Cody Rhodes wanted this is a spoiler alert for everybody. Cody Rhodes wanted the headline of the article to be Thank You Fightful. So Cody Rhodes had very kind things to say about his half buddy, Sean Ross Sapp. And sometimes his... buddy, sometimes not. Yeah, there, there you go. Sorry. Sometimes buddy, sometimes not. Sean Ross Sapp. Cody Rhodes had very kind things to say about his number one favorite wrestling website, Fightful. I can only assume that is the case. The next person who interviews Cody Rhodes, please ask him his favorite wrestling website. And let's see what kind of answer. 
we get out of codes there. Uh, so go go to youtube.com slash Fightful and check that out. There's the videos up. We got a bunch of articles coming. Sean did a bunch of interviews at the, the red carpet thing that are all really fun. And uh, otherwise, I don't know. We'll be back on Wednesday with uh, hopefully I won't have to stare at Joel Pearl's face for two hours with no other guest on this show. Uh, we, we shall see. We're working on things. Hopefully we get some things to uh, to come through. Hey, I'm, I'm just putting it out there. If you're a wrestler and you watch our show or you're looking for people to, to pitch to us, if you if you're on in the weeds, you win your match. Your next match, yeah. you will win. We have a very good track record. Janai Kai was on the show on Friday. What does she do? Beats Lufisto at the Can USA Classic at Smash Wrestling. Okay, so I'm just putting it out there. You show up, you win. Domi XO. Domi XO was on the show. Won Champion. a title. Let's let's go. Come on. Let's face it. This is what you do. Show up on our show and you win. You win and you get a lot of coverage as well. And, you know, yeah, I think that nice too. helps people. Um, Casey Navarro, we're, we're in a documentary. Casey Navarro made a whole documentary just based on the interview we did with him. There was other stuff in there. So I've been told. But like the, the crux of the documentary. See, Sean and these people. They go, they go to the Cody documentary. That's great. Were they in it? No, they just went to it. They weren't actually in the documentary like we were. Blessed. Partially blessed. Hashtag partially blessed. Yes, partially blessed. Uh, anything else on your plugs? Uh, don't follow me on Twitter. Follow Stephen just on Twitter. F I talk underscore. And, and that's uh, basically it. Perfect. Subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbook. Leave a thumbs up on the way out. I am Atrial Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. We're here Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern going in the weeds. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. Till then, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.